Hello, hello, and hello, everybody! Welcome back for another episode. If not now, when? Oh my goodness, every single person, every single one of you, I'm so excited because you are here for a special treat. I'm really excited for today's special guest, Linda Jeanette, on the show with us. And Linda, let me tell you a little bit about her. Oh my goodness, she is a passionate technology leader and entrepreneur. She is a CEO and chairwoman of Talent Guard. Throughout her career in talent management, Linda has always believed in human potential. She believes everyone deserves to be a role where they are appreciated, respect, and also shine their own light and unique talents to make an impact within the organization. With that, she founded Talent Guard in 2009, and ever since then, Talent Guard has served countless clients in every single industry, from the banking to biotech. Uncover and foster the talents live within your organization. Seeing them transform from inside and out, and truly create happier employees, happier employers, and really happy and more efficient, effective organization is what drive Linda and Talent Guard to continue to grow and serve the world.、Uh-huh. And not only that, my friend, today is extra special for me because I get to know Linda personally a few months before, and I'm just. Oh my God! So honored, so grateful that I can call Linda a friend, a mentor. She truly is someone that I really deeply inspire and respect and look up to. So with that, I am so excited. Thank you very much, Linda, for joining us, and welcome to the show. <laughs> You're awesome! Oh my gosh, what a great opening! You're such a great natural marketer. <laughs> I love Thank you, Linda. It's it is just. Oh my God! It's just coming from my bottom of my heart. I'm just super excited. With that, let's kick our own conversation. So, Linda, you've done so much in your entire career. So, tell us how does all the magic begin? Oh my gosh! So,、um, I grew up in a small town in、um, Western Massachusetts, and、um, you know, pretty natural childhood. I had you know two parents, mostly blue collar workers. Living in a small town, and、um, you know, most of most of the people in that small town worked in a factory or, or something, usually with their hands. And so, when I shared with my parents that I wanted to do something that was not working, you know, with my hands in a lumberyard or a you know a seamstress factory, and that I wanted to do something that was more、um, running the world, if you will, or building an empire,、um, you know, it, it came with a Like a joke almost, and because everybody in the family had worked for the family business, whether my family was building spiral staircases or、um, building construction in homes in residential or commercial areas, right, building furniture, that sort of thing. So, I had a very hardworking family、um, who worked long hours and hard to to provide for their family. And I think my fundamental Belief in you know you got to work hard to achieve good things in life started there,、mm-hmm. and then it just evolved into you know I had a mission. That mission was you know I wanted to be a CEO of, of something. I didn't know what that would be someday,、mm-hmm. or I wanted to be an actress. So I had to you know pick and choose what I wanted to do. And I when I went into college and business won out, and so it just started with a dream and、mm-hmm. following that dream and chasing. You know, chasing the path and putting the path before me, and being very diligent about the choices that I made.
mm-hmm. um, while, you know, picking the, the, whether it's picking the courses I wanted to take in university or picking the university that I went to or um, uh, picking the city where I wanted to live. You know, mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't going to grow up in the small town and I wanted to go somewhere new. I didn't know where that was. And so we just kind of put a pin on a map. It ended up being Austin. And that's where we, that's where we, that's where we re- relocated. And Linda, you know, back to your story about you mentioned you grew up in a small town, small family, well, family where people are not, you know, typically a CEO, people are not typically, you know, have a big dream. Do you always know that you want to create an empire for yourself and the community? Do you always know that? That's one. Secondly is coming from the environment. How do you, do you always determine? Do you never let anyone voice change who you are, who you think you are and what you want to create? Yeah, I knew from early on I wanted to do something inspirational and great, but I didn't I couldn't say what I wanted to do. I just knew that it was something inside that needed to get out. And so whatever I gave my heart to, it didn't matter what it was, any job that it was, I would always give my best and more than my best. I would go above and beyond to do whatever was required of me in that job and then summon and work over here and do more work over here. So I was always an extremely hard worker. But I also saw that, um, you know, having parents that uh, had to fend for themselves and build their own small businesses, if you will, nobody told them what they had to do or what needed to get done. You always had to figure it out. And so I think the thread throughout my career is I would always identify areas that needed improvement or areas that needed work. And I would see patterns that uh, where something wasn't working or people had tried it before and maybe didn't, they took this route and I thought that they should have taken this route. And so I would dig in, understand it, um, and then attempt to do it myself. And I would do it through typically unconventional ways where somebody would say to me, we've already been there. We've already tried that. It didn't work. That's not the right thing. And I just kind of put blinders on and say, thanks for the advice, but I'm going to try it this way because I see things a little differently than you do. And I would be way outside of the box where people are thinking she's probably a little bit crazy thinking, thinking that this is going to work, um, but ended up with some really great results along the way, taking that path. So it was unconventional in a lot of ways where, uh, you know, I didn't follow professional parents who mm-hmm. uh, chose a certain path and, and coached me along the way. It was a lot of me just figuring it out with mm-hmm. every step that I took, uh, figuring out where the guardrails were, uh, sometimes crashing into them a few times and then making that bring me back to center. Mm-hmm. Um, but then along the way, you start to figure out how not to be a bull in a china shop and break everything in your path, but to really navigate uh, elegantly and swiftly through the maze that life gives you and mm-hmm. uh, and then build upon some of the strengths that, that you're building mm-hmm. as you become a much more seasoned professional and a more mature, you know, woman business owner and those sorts mm-hmm. of things. That's incredible, Linda. And it seems to me a common thought, whether it's how you grow up or your professional life, where you have this one opinion and everyone else might disagree with you. But you say, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. Do you always have that faith and believe in yourself? And how does that, how does that come about? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of feistiness because uh, whenever somebody tells me no, I say, watch me. And uh, it, it's kind of a mental challenge, if you will, because no is not a word I like. Um, I don't like to hear it from my own team. I try not to use it ever. And so when somebody presents that in front of me, it it truly is like somebody saying, 
I dare you and let's see what you got. And so, so I've, I've had a lot of no's along the way. And, uh, that just made me even more determined to crash through the wall and mm-hmm. break through the barriers and push myself beyond my own, you know, self limitations or, or what I thought I could and couldn't achieve mm-hmm. and just go for it. And, you know, I think the thing is, I'm not afraid of failure. Like I will run a thousand miles an hour and jump off the cliff and I better make sure I have a great dive, but I don't want to go up to the cliff and look down and and worry. Sometimes I just leap. It's a leap of faith. I'm going to chance everything. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. You are such a fire, such a forceful girl, Linda. I'm just so inspired. And speaking of taking a leap, you know, do you have any example and story you can share? What is one of the biggest leaps that you jump that really make impact to you and your path? I have tried many things. Uh, you know, for me, the first thing was moving to a place, Austin, Texas is where I am, where I knew nobody. To me, I, you know, I grew up in a, a small town, which meant, you know, most of my friends were my cousins. I have a very large family, you know, many, many, many cousins. And we all lived within a mile of one another and spent most of our time at each other's homes. So, um, so for me, picking up and leaving when nobody wanted me to go and they're like, you're going to fail. It's going to be miserable. You're going to hate it. You're going to have no friends. Who are you going to call? Who are you going to lean on? Um, was actually, it was terrifying, but it was also exhilarating at the same time, just to be able to leave something, your security blanket. I left my job. I had all through high school, all through college. I've always worked and I quit my job and I packed up and I left with a guy that I'd known for only a few months oh and uh, took a leap of faith and said, let's just go do it. You know, if, if it doesn't work out, I can always move home. Um, and even though I'm an extrovert, I'm extremely shy. So meeting people was, was a terribly hard thing to do. But I said, all right, what am I going to do with that? I'm going to join some women's groups. I'm going to meet people and I'm just going to knock every obstacle that I put before myself. So um, I think that was the first, you know, Linda, you can get up and do this and go. It doesn't matter what the noise is in your head. Just just mm-hmm. get up and leave. And then starting my first business. So I had always worked in a very large company. I had the security of always having a paycheck and benefits and a manager to tell me what to do and a manager to challenge me to probably do more and also a manager to keep the reins on me because the horse wanted to go um, probably way too fast. So starting my first business, which was a, a marketing consulting firm, because that was my uh, my study and my background up until moving to Texas. And so I started a marketing consulting firm. I just basically put up a shingle and said, all right, I'm going to become a marketing consultant. I haven't consulted anybody. No one's ever paid me a dollar to consult with them because I was a marketing person for as a staff position. But I, I had a lot of good ideas and I was very creative and I could multitask and do lots of different things. So I did. And the, <laughs> the first engagement that I won was with the Texas Department of Transportation, TxDOT here for the Motorcycle Safety Bureau. And I just put a bid in for a campaign for the motorcycle safety campaign. And I won. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is uh, going to be interesting. And, uh, and it was a big project. And I, through the networking had aligned several people that had certain skills and we came together and we put that project out. So, um, you know, I kind of went in with, with no fear and said, let's, let's make it happen. Let's do it. And we, you know, had a few stumbling blocks along the way, but 
it, like with any business or with any project, you have to figure out what those blocks are. How do you remove the blocks? How do you get back on track? How do you take stock of where you are? How do you get feedback from the customer? How do you get feedback from the team? And then always focus on what's the outcome. So wow. that would be my, you know, that's my approach to life in general. Linda, do you always have no fears? I have fears, obviously, but I do try very hard to turn down the dial on my own internal fears. Yeah. Can you walk us through the process? Because yeah. in, in my belief, I think, I actually think courage is not people who don't have fear. Courage is someone who has fear, but move forward regardless. And you yeah. are someone striving just that. So yeah. I'm curious, you know, sounds like you are very, you are such, you love to fight a good fight. I can see the fire in your eyes. I'm curious, you know, can you walk us through how do you turn down the dial in your head? Because I think many of us are, you know, in the process of trying to um, really also find a good yeah. fight as well. Yeah, I think that's a lovely question. I'm glad that you're breaking that down. So the fear always starts with self-doubt. You're always, or I in particular, would say, can I do this? Do I have the experience to do it? Do I have the qualifications to do it? Do I have the skills to do it? Am I passionate about it? Have I ever done it before? Do I know anybody who's done it before that I could lean on, right? So you have this um, incredible innate um, trait that women do in general, I think, which is to hear all that self-doubt. And sometimes it's not your own internal self-doubt. Other people are telling you not to do it or you can't do it or you're crazy or you've not done it before. So you have your own internal dial and then you have the external cues and the and the messages that you're hearing from others about take the safe path, stay the safe route, you know, don't stretch beyond your, you know, your capabilities. And so you have to process that information. And the way that I would process that information is I would just take stock of everything that I've done, everything that I'm passionate about doing, reminding myself of where have I failed? And if I failed, how did I become the weeble wobble and have such recovery skills that I'd get back up the next day, even if I cried my eyes out and go at it again, as if it was a brand new, a brand new day and a brand new experience. And then I would surround myself with people who are exceptionally motivational. Um, so having people that can tell you to go, tell you to risk it, tell you to chance it, encourage you to do so, let you fall so far and still push you forward and, and, and really want to see you lean into the experience and then give you bumper, you know, bumper pads along the way to keep you, to keep you in, but not telling you exactly what to do, whether it's a mentor or a coach or a friend or a significant other that, that is really needed as you're going through those stories, because it doesn't matter how many times you can squash down with meditation or whatever it is that people use to keep that noise, you know, out of your ears and out of your mind and out of your heart. It is a constant struggle. And you're going to have to, throughout any project, you're going to do that many, many, many times and over and over and over again. But each time that you achieve a little bit of a success and you're being validated along the way that, hey, you kind of had a good win here or you, you got close to that win. And people are encouraging you and you're hearing that it begins to build real confidence and you begin to fill the shoes that you know that you can fill, even if you weren't able to fill those in the beginning. So, uh, you know, really good people having good willpower to know how to turn that dial down, understanding that people come from a good place and not letting their own bias and their own life experience shadow what you're about to embark on and then 
having enough courage to just take that first step and then take the next step and then take the next step and focus on the outcome, but, but really live the journey as you're going through it. Because I think that's when the best learning happens, right? You don't grow unless it's painful. I mean, physically, mentally, um, you know, you have to go through those, you have to go through that pain and those challenges. And it's sad because sometimes people drop off and they don't understand that there is a hand guiding you. Um, that you have to go through these paths and you have to take that road. And I sent my son a picture the other day and he started a business and he's experiencing challenges. And it was literally a picture of a mountain in Colorado and it has two streams. It has one stream that's sort of windy and it has another stream and the streams all over the place and there's dead ends and there's puddles, but it still kind of goes the same way. And I said, that's really life, Andrew. And that's what you're experiencing right now. And it will always be this way. There will never be a time when it's not that way. So you have to learn how to live in the uncomfortable zone and know that it's never going to be the path that you've desired or the path that you envision. It will be a path, but the journey is the path that's windy. And, you know, if you hit a roadblock, go back and start again. And eventually you're going to get there. Wow, Linda, that is so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that beautiful thought process with us. So now back to you, Linda. You mentioned at this point, you know, you have quit your job, start your marketing firm. So tell us, how's that journey been? And is it all just rosy and sunshine? <laughs> is it <laughs> share with about the, the process and if there are any challenges coming away from there? Gosh, I hate to even say this because I'm such a positive person, but most of the time it feels like you're walking through the valley of death and once in a while you'll see a bright flower and you go to that flower and that keeps you going and you look for that next flower until you get to the to the beautiful field. So after I started that company, I didn't actually want to be in marketing any longer. That's one of the reasons why it was so easy for me to quit my job. I was just burnt out on the process. It wasn't really um, bringing the kind of passion that I, I truly wanted. Um, but I was good at it. And so you're good at it. People encourage you to stay with it. And they start talking about more money and more positions and higher levels. And of course, that's, that's, you know, that's really appealing. Um, and it let, and I followed that path. So I started my marketing company, got hired by one of my clients, which was my first, um, entree into software, a software firm. Um, and it was here locally. It was a small firm, had really great product, had really great ideas. And I ended up becoming their director of marketing. Uh, it was a global firm. And we really you know, built that business and then ended up selling that company to a larger company. And then I thought, well, what next? And there was a, a gentleman that I had interviewed at that company uh, as our head of sales. So we were looking for a VP of sales. And I mean, he was a rock star, a super rock star, actually. And he ended up choosing another company locally. And that company was PC Order, um, which at way back when was kind of a small company with a lot of potential. It had a lot of excitement. It was dot com. And he ended up recruiting me over to that organization to run marketing because uh, I think he saw a lot of potential in me. And he thought this this woman who has all these really amazing ideas needs needs to be at a company that has much broader potential and a much bigger footprint with people who are, she's surrounded by people who are more like her. And so that was, that was a really eye-opening experience for me because no one had ever really looked at me that way. I was always kind of fighting to get in and get into the ring and get the invitation and be invited to the dance. Right. Um, so that was really the first time that I had felt that 
people wanted to bring me into the dance and partake in the growth and the ideas and the strategy and the brainstorming and just to feel that vibe of you belong. We want you here. We want you part of this growth plan. We want your knowledge and your intellect, and we want you. You want. We want you to be part of that conversation. So, so that I went there, and that company ended up going public. Um, and then it was after that that I chose another company um, where the one of the founding employees of that company ended up starting a new company. And then I, I went along with him, which was called Money Star. So lots of, again, lots of entrepreneurs still in the marketing capacity, not really wanting to be in the marketing capacity, wanting to do something else deep inside. So what happened is the more I invested in a career and, and a career path that I didn't really want to be in, it started to take an emotional toll on me. So, you know, that time as we were going through, we had the dot-com growth and then the dot-com bust. So having to go through that high, high, and then the low, low of, you know, having to lay off lots of people, making that the companies are shrinking, companies are losing the funding that they originally had, or they weren't getting closing on the funding that was committed to them, or getting portions of the funding was just brutal. But that's where the light shined for me in, the, in some of those darkest moments when you're laying off, laying off, laying off. These people can't find jobs because now Austin is saturated with organizations who are closing its doors. Um, and it was through that moment where I thought, well, I can do a couple of things here. I can kind of put the blinders on and know that everybody's going through it. I'm going through it. Or I can look at this a little bit differently and think that, I've sold marketing. Um, I mean, I've promoted marketing of products and services. Now, hey, here's an opportunity to put that on and think about people in a different context, people as the product. So I just started helping people change their resumes and network and open some doors and rebrand them. And, and just it was everything about the person. And that literally started me on my next career path, which was the career transition and the career coaching. I hung up a shingle. And that is how that business started. And that business lasted for about 15 years. You know, Linda, I love about you is you are not only always have courage to really follow your heart, but you, you know, on the path of marketing and, you know, XYZ years, you have an incredible success, but also have courage to pivot when you realize that's no longer what drives you and you see something that, you know, even more impactful for you and, you know, business you're creating and you have the courage to just pivot. You know what? I'm going to do this now. That's incredible. Yeah, it was uh, it was a journey, but then you know, start the whole path again starts with the self doubt. Oh my gosh, I just started this business. Who's going to listen to me? Career coach, someone on you know, a CEO has been a CEO for 15, 20 years, or a lawyer, or a doctor, or all of these people who are doing these careers like I had done, stayed in that career, were committed to that career. They couldn't even leave it because sometimes it was a family career, right? Like individuals who came from. 10 generations of lawyers or 10 generations of doctors leave the profession, having their significant other say, I'll leave you if you do, right? Lots of emotional trauma around making career transitions and having, you know, like I had, I said, this is similar to what I did, having the faith to go through the the pivot process and the journey, knowing that you might have to take less comp, start at the bottom of the totem pole again, right? There's so many, so many self-doubts that go through your mind, but it was being strong through that process for other people, almost a muse, if you will, and leading them through that process that so many individuals like myself 
had launched new careers, started new businesses. I mean, completely pivoting away from everything that they've trained for, that they schooled for, and that they've invested in and starting something entirely new. And that was the most rewarding experience of my life because at the end of the day, I mean, I had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cards and they were, I had a wall and um, the best thing that someone said is you changed my life. And then I changed their life and their significant other's life and their kid's life and their uncle and their brother. Right. So I was working with people across their entire families, making these career transitions. And um, then I became part of their families and I would be on family vacations and uh, people would make jingles about me. And it was just really fun and uplifting and engaging. And, um, you know, I did that, like I said, for almost 15 years, I had 15 people working for me. I taught them the entire methodology and the and the training and the program. And then more people wanted to become certified in doing what I was doing. I'm like, well, I'm not even certified. I just started this and created a program. And that's when I packaged the program and then began training the trainer. So I stopped doing the one-on-one coaching and I started training the coaches how to do what I was doing. And that again was a little bit of a pivot because then what happened is I thought I would have more of the coaching clientele who wanted to do what I did, but it was really HR professionals who wanted to um, increase their toolbox or their toolkit to help build career centers internally, offer career coaching internally based on a similar methodology. So then it went from one-on-one to career development internally for an organization to help employees have better career conversations with their um, managers, to have better career conversations internally, to help HR put programs in place that would better support career development up, up, down, and across the ladder, which you can see it's leading me to uh, the pivot of talent cards. So, talent, that's, so when I went from Janak Group, I hired somebody in, they ran that business for me. And it was a, a woman who had been with me since the very beginning. And she kept doing that, you know, years after. And then I started Talent Guard. So tell us about that. That is an incredible pivot too. It's completely different than HR, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I'm like, okay, now I'm selling these engagements to HR, building internal career centers, li- literally physical spaces of of it, and then putting the career coaches in there so that people could come into that space in a private way and talk about wanting to navigate internally and how to do that and how to brand and how to network and how to update their resume and how to schedule the interviews. So not to, you know, really get their manager upset that they want to leave and help coordinate the career fairs internally. So it was just a great experience. And that evolved into how can we create better infrastructure to support uh, internal mobility, right? At that time, that's really not what we called it. We just called it internal career paths, And so I started to create these models called competency models, job models that would help people understand, well, what are the skills that you possess? What are the skills that the job needs and how can we begin to match these? And they were like, you know, 50 page long PowerPoint documents. And we would create these games out of the, the, out of the materials that I was creating. So we managed it like a, you know, like an internal program But we knew that that wasn't going to work because it was really hard to do the how do you assess and then how are the skills different across job families. So that's when I said, well, oh, I really did not want to get back into software. I like I did not want to. I had been burnt out for a while. I really love the people dynamic and the interaction with people and everything that came along with that emotionally and 
Um, but at the same time, it can be draining, right? If you've ever been a, a, a counselor or a coach, just having that constant um, intensity of using all of your spirit to, to help others through that can be daunting at times. And so I thought, all right, I'm going to build a new software platform. And so then it was, do I really want to build it or does this already exist? Because I was looking for technology to enable my practice. Um, and I scoured the internet. It was, ex- I mean, I can tell you months and months and months and months. And then, so as I was doing that, I was writing the product requirements of what I would need. And I resold a couple of technologies that I thought would work in the U S I still couldn't find something. So most people who know me know that I'm usually up at 3 a.m. in the morning. I can't sleep. I get my day started really early sometimes. And I was just you know, searching the internet and searching all these keywords and putting it together. And then I found a company that was um, out of the UK, just happened to search on an image. It was literally an image that had been keyworded a certain way. And I clicked on it and followed the thread. And I found this technology company and they had a, a career pathing module in their software suite. And that's the only thing that I really wanted, but they couldn't unbundle it. So I started reselling that in the United States. And then I ended up purchasing um, a snapshot of that code a a couple years later. And that is the code that we purchased and we started with. Wow, Linda, what a journey. (laughs) Yeah. And once again, you pivot again. I feel like you are just such a, not only courageous, but also open-minded. Yeah, you said, oh, I don't want the software anymore. But you know that you know that is the next level to take what you do to the bigger scale. You're like, you know what? I'm gonna give it a shot. And that's how you, you know, come to the path, which you think is just incredible. Yeah, so and it, us, yeah, yeah. it was driven from truly, you know, wanting everybody to understand what it takes to manage their own career. And I fundamentally believe that everybody deserves a career path that they're excited, passionate about, but that oftentimes people don't know how to translate the skills that they have, transferable skills, into something that might be compatible. Uh, You know, how do you go from marketing to sales or from sales to business development or from customer success to development or from, you know, customer success to product management, those sorts of things. And people don't understand how to, how to use the skills that they gain to transfer them into other, other, you know, like jobs or like industries and to be able to use the talents that they've collected in their portfolio and use that as a catalyst for change. And that was my core mission when I started was to help individuals understand that, but I didn't want to be to see product because um, that takes a lot of capital and a lot of time to get that out there. So I wanted to stick with the with the B2B, B2B and help organizations be better at helping their employees make those leaps and to support those transitions and to not be the gatekeepers, but to truly understand that there's work that needs to be done and there are people who can do the work and that we shouldn't be constrained by one, some somebody's formal background and someone's formal career path, but how can we begin to match people who have passions and aspirations and expertise and experience and skills and abilities with work that needs to be done, make that connection. And then let's see, you know, let's see how that can transform a company to think beyond, you know, a rank and file system. 
So with that, Linda, listeners are probably wondering, what exactly is Talent Guard? How can we find you? So can you tell us a little bit about the Talent Guard? And if our audience are listening, are interested, how can they find you? Sure. So Talent Guard is a workforce intelligence platform. So we bring together uh, what we would call job content. So job titles, job skills. Uh, we bring together the software. So the software that operates with the content, historical data and user-generated data to begin to shape an organization's uh, workforce strategy, whether that is how do I help my organizations build a better talent pipeline? How can I help my employees have a better internal mobility experience? How do we expose the skills and the, and the job data that's needed to make these transitions? When I say job, it could be a gig, it could be a project, it could be whatever. And then how can I help employees truly understand their potential? and what they're capable of doing, not just today, but in the future, and then bring those together. So we, you know, we have content, we have software, we have employees in the system, we have um, subject matter experts in the system, they all come together to create a community that exchanges information in order to build a better workforce so that employees can, can truly achieve their aspirations and organizations can hit their targets. Now I want to pivot our conversation a little bit and back to you, Linda. I'm curious, today you have done an incredible, a lot of incredible things. I'm curious, what inspired you today? What made you happy today? Just today in general? For life, yes. <laughs> um, I'm a generally happy and optimistic person. When the sun shines, that makes me happy. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm motivated. I'm really motivated by the people who feel... Um, the impact of what a career can do to someone's life, right? So when somebody's super happy and we get a note in the chat that, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that my skills could be transferable. That makes me happy when I get to hear it. Uh, it makes me happy when I see women that I mentor, uh, when the light bulb comes on and they're, and cause they've been experiencing a road, experiencing a roadblock or, or some kind of challenge or obstacle that they just didn't seem that they could break through and then helping them see the light and then leading them, leading them toward that path to help them break through whatever barriers that, that they're experiencing personally. You know, I'm driven when I see my son um, take a leap of faith and start a business that he really knows nothing about either and coin mining and crypto mining and all of these things that are things I need to now learn about so that we can have intelligent conversations at the dinner table uh, and seeing him not be afraid and, and dive in and now they've got five million in funding. They've got an office space. They've got mines, and they're they're doing great things. And you know, and seeing my youngest son um, have no fear about going, you know, he'll go to a conference by himself. He'll go to a music venue by himself. You know, just seeing the independence um, that I've inspired in my in my own children. Um, and what's great is good and bad. I get to work with my spouse every day, and we get to do. Uh, this business together and it's a journey and it's challenging. And, you know, we've been together for 30 years um, and we haven't killed each other yet. So, uh, you know, we've, we've figured out a good ebb and flow of how to balance, you know, an intense startup, uh, you know, with raising children mm -hmm. and continuing to have, you know, a really good nurturing relationship together as a couple, as husband and wife. And I'll tell you a funny story. Um, and this is, it's a true story, obviously. But so, uh, you know, Frank and I, my husband are, are really professional at work. And when we're out 
at a business meeting or whatever, you know, we don't hold hands, we don't kiss, we don't smooch. And, um, you know, in the office, the employees know who we are. They've been to my house. We've gone out, we've had parties where, you know, Frank and I are, you know, husband and wife. But one time one of my employees came in and, um, and he'd been with me for three years and he said, Hey, what are you doing tonight? We want to see if you want to go. I go, Oh, I have date night with my husband. And he's like, wait, you're married. Wait, I don't think I've met your husband. And I stopped and looked at him and my eyes were, you know, kind of crazy. And he goes, Oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. It's just, you never in the office say, and you never refer to Frank that way. You always refer to him by name. And so when you said that it took me off guard and I just thought that was really funny. So, you know, knowing how to be the professional in the work environment, but also knowing how to, you know, take off those hats and have a different type of relationship at home, you know, is, is challenging, but inspiring at the same time, because there are not a lot of us dual career couples working for the same company in a startup when it's intense through the good times and the bad times that really make it through. So I want to be one of those. That's incredible. And wow, that's amazing. Linda. I'm just inspired because me and my husband, we also, you know, try to manage that path ourselves. So, oh my God, it's definitely challenging yourself. And living through COVID <laughs> in the same home, in the same room working, you know? So, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's stronger than ever going through that. And that's, that's actually the truth. And I was, I was kind of worried, right. That constant contact. So yeah, that's, that's, those are some of the things that I get excited about and seeing, you know, I'm on the board of many women's organizations and just seeing other women succeed and rise to the challenge and, um, and, and do it, uh, you know, by trying to minimize that fear and letting the courage come through and, and being willing to take that step. That gets me super excited. So Linda, talking about success, I'm curious, what is your definition for success? And with that, do you think you are successful? My definition of success is really about being happy. Um, Cause if I'm not happy, no one's happy. Uh, right. So I want to be super happy first uh, doing what I'm doing. And I want to um, have the opportunity to work with really great people, but I also want to see an incredible exit for talent guard, whatever that exit may be, whether it's an acquisition or whether it's an IPO, whatever that is, I want to make it there and lead the company there. And that will make me feel like I've had an incredible success, but I don't want to do it if it's going to compromise my ability to have healthy relationships, to feel good about myself, to have work-life balance. I take time for myself. I jog, I work out, I get my nails done, I get my hair done. I don't put those things to the side, right? Those things are super important to me. And I've been in startups where I've had to work 70, 80 hours a week. And if we have to do that on exception, great, but not on a, on a, on a daily basis. I really value people's time and their well-being. Um, so I want to build a really great company that supports women and men and people from different races and ages and ethnicities uh, and and be an example uh, for other women to follow that same path. And that would, that would make me super excited. And uh, I love giving advice and input and mentoring and coaching. So I'll always do that form. And I do think I'm successful, but I'm also, I'm also still learning, right? There are paths that I haven't paved before. So having incredible mentors in my life who say, this is what that road's going to look like if you go down that path and being able to have really intimate 
and intelligent conversations that are uplifting and guiding uh, keep me going. Amazing. (laughs) You know, with that, if you go back to your 30 years old, 40 years old self, what would you tell her? Now seeing what you've seen. I probably, one of the things that I would say is when someone gives you advice the first time, uh, because they've been down that path, like act on it immediately. Don't let your heart get in the way. Um, because sometimes when you're a leader and you lead with heart, sometimes it can overrule your logical mind. And sometimes, you know, internally, I know I need to do this, but I want to wait it out for this other thing to happen or this other thing to happen. And sometimes you really have to make swift decisions quickly for the right reasons. And even though you have to make those decisions, even though it's hard to make those decisions and you know that other people may be affected, you need to do it quick and you need to do it swiftly because uh, it's the right thing to do. And I think that it can it can open a lot of opportunities for you when you make those decisions. Because sometimes when you lead with the heart, you lead too long. And I think it can complicate things. So I would tell myself that when you think you should make that decision, make it and don't hesitate uh, because it's probably the right thing to do and that you have to put your intellectual mind ahead of your heart mind. Um, But that when you do that, you can also lead with heart in whatever decisions you have to make, whether it's letting people go, whether it's pivoting, whether it's, um, you know, sunsetting a product or introducing a new product or whatever it may be. Um, I would tell myself that first and foremost. And then the second thing that I would say is probably be more vulnerable because I am really hard to read. Uh, I hold a lot in and I don't share with a lot of people. I share with very few people that are very close to me and that I trust. But what I learned along the way is there are other people that you can trust and that you should trust and that you should be open with. And sometimes uh, it felt like probably to other people, it probably felt like they were moving an iceberg. Like, how do we get in there? How do we chip that thing down? You know, like (laughs) this is an opening. And uh, when I started to let that guard down and they started to see who who I am really inside from a, a person and a leader and a friend and a peer and a colleague. Um, I really felt that brightness started to shine for me being like, okay, it's okay to sit here and share this because the outcome is going to be so much better because you're letting people see like the real challenges that happen in a business and the decisions that have to be made. And they've been there before and they can empathize with you and then they can get you back on track and go, now let's go girl. Right. So, so just being, just being vulnerable and not always trying to be the strongest one in the room, the one who's less emotional, the one who's, you know, feels like you have to carry all the weight in the wagon. Let some other people carry that weight with you. That's incredible. And Linda, you commented earlier about, you know, one thing that made you happy is, you know, seeing and mentoring others and maybe made the, uh, made the leap, made the jump, even though she or he may be not ready. I'm curious, my last question for you is, you know, uh, our to our entrepreneur, aspiring entrepreneurs who are right now about to make that leap, made that jump, but still slightly questioning her or himself. What would you say to her or him? Well, I'm looking at one right now in the camera, which is which is yourself. And I'm going to say, make sure you have passion about what you're about to embark on. The road is going to be three times longer than you think it is and five times harder. Um, but take every step with 
you know, with open eyes, try to plan for the risks, try to mitigate those risks, surround yourself with really, really good people, share your plans because you never know what door will open as a result of sharing them. And, you know, really enjoy the journey is what I would say. Well, again, thank you so much, Linda. What a treasure, what a beautiful conversation. And one thing I'm truly inspired by you is you're not only such an inspiring leader, done so many incredible things, but you are extremely authentic and grounded and open. And with that, I think, you know, I'm just super grateful, you know, have met you in the journey and shared that insight. And I just truly felt the world is a better, it's a brighter place when you share your light and shining every single one of us. So with that, thank you very much for being part of today. And thank you everybody for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I do. And I cannot wait to see you all next week. Bye, guys.